0: We are continuing through our theme for the year, Christ at the Center. And most recently, we have been in a five-week sub-series. Last week, we looked at uh, the matter of surrender, surrendering to God's direction. And uh, this morning, we'll be looking at the matter of trust, specifically in God we trust, uh, fitting for today being the day before Memorial Day, but also fitting as we as a church are walking toward a, a uh, pilgrimage of faith, as God is leading us to raise some funds and seek Him for an opportunity to expand our facilities. And if you're new here, I'll just summarize: uh, we're leading up to a couple of big Sundays here in June. June 18th being our commitment Sunday, and where we'll make some pledges for the next three years to raise capital for this endeavor. And then uh, on June 25th, we'll kick things off with a celebration offering where folks will bring their first installment of their commitment. And also, we're going to trust God for a sacrificial offering over and above that first installment of our commitment as God enables and as God directs. These have been uh, big days for me as I'm leading our church toward this initiative And it is not a small thing by any means to lead a church into a building campaign, raising money, uh, sacrificial giving. All of this is just uh, a huge weight. Uh, But I am rolling it onto the Lord and learning to trust Him. And I hope and pray that we all will do that together. We're looking at the matter of trusting God. Or or you can say, in God we trust. Colossians 1.18 is our theme verse. And He is the head of... Of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And again, we're only talking about a building project and a giving campaign because we are trying to follow him. And as he leads and as he directs and guides, we simply obey and go forward. We surrender. To his will, he is the potter, we are the clay. And we have to trust him. Not just surrender to him, but trust him. And trust can be a very difficult thing. Walking by faith uh, is scary. We want to see with our eyes, and that can be uh, difficult. But God delights in honoring faith. We're going to look at four passages in the book of Matthew, and I'll read these four briefly. And then we'll go back and look at each four of these in turn. Matthew 6.30. And you're going to see a theme. You're going to see a familiar phrase. This phrase pops up four times in the book of Matthew. And we're going to look at all four here this morning. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you... O ye of little faith. And then Matthew 8, 26. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful? O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. We'll look at the third passage this morning, Matthew 14, 31. The Bible says, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, speaking of Peter, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Have you found the phrase yet? Okay, we have one more that we'll look at in Matthew 16 and verse 8. Matthew 16 and verse 8, and we'll see this phrase repeated for the fourth time. And it does seem like Jesus said this to his disciples a lot. I wonder if that's because the disciples are just like us. We struggle with our faith. We struggle to depend. We struggle to rest. Matthew 16, verse 8, which, when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Sometimes resting is the hardest thing to do. Sometimes sleep can be work, can be difficult, if not impossible. I remember one time, and thankfully I only remember one time like this. I remember sitting on a beach on a beautiful day, agitated, restless, absolutely unable to relax, let go, rest, and enjoy. Now, why is that? Why is it so difficult sometimes to just let go, release, control, take a deep breath, let it out, and acknowledge God's got me, it's okay, I can trust him. I'll tell you, if you struggle with that as I do, so did the disciples. And over and over, Jesus had to say to them the same phrase, O ye of little faith. But it wasn't just a rebuke and then a, a, a casting away of these faithless disciples. No, he would rebuke them and encourage them to draw in and learn to depend upon him. And so I hope that God will do that to us this morning. I think the question that we oftentimes are contemplating, though we may not phrase it out loud, is this. Can God really be trusted? I trust that God will help us to put some things to rest here this morning and to learn to draw unto him. Lord, help us as we look at your word and think of these four passages and make some applications from them, I pray that we would learn to trust you more thank you lord for your love for us thank you for dying on the cross for us thank you lord for salvation lord we have nothing apart from you we are nothing we're going nowhere apart from you Lord, help us to draw into you and just depend on, on you with every bit of our being help us to learn to truly rest give you our cares, give you our worries, give you control, give you our expectations, our, our aspirations, hopes, and dreams. Lord, help us just to trust you with it all. And Lord, help us specifically this morning to learn as a church to trust you with leadership in this endeavor as we go forward by faith to raise some funds and see uh, some expansion on our facilities. or this is a big deal. We're on the precipice of a couple of big Sundays here for our church, big Sundays of faith, asking you for direction concerning what we should give, what we should pledge. Lord, these are not small things, but Lord, we surrender to you, and Lord, we do trust you. Help us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, can God be trusted? And specifically, can, can, can God be trusted with the direction our church is going right now? I think maybe some are sitting here saying, hey, I have no problem trusting God on this, but uh, there's humans involved. There's a pastor and some leadership and, and staff, and what if these guys got it wrong? What if they goofed up? What if we're in over our heads? See, I trust God just fine, but you yahoos I'm not so sure about uh, you, you know, and I totally understand that because I'm not sure I trust me either. And as I look at this, yeah, it is, it is bigger than I can, I can do or any of us can do, can accomplish. But I'll tell you, I am not trusting me and you shouldn't be trusting me either to get this done. I, I believe we all need to look to God and recognize that this is His church he is in charge. He can move us forward or he can redirect us or he can shut us down. It's his church. And me, the pastor, the leadership here, we also are in his hand. You can trust God to direct us and you need to pray for us and pray that God would have his will and way and that he would give us exactly the leadership that is from him. I know this. I know that God led me here. I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know what I was doing. I knew I was happy doing what I was doing. And the Lord picked me up and plumped me down here. And here I am. For better or for worse, here we are. God did it. We go forward and we look to Him for direction and grace and enabling. You know, you have a story. Each of you are here because of God's leadership. And so God's bringing us together. God is doing things in our lives and the church is growing and we're moving forward. We want to posture ourselves toward growth and expansion to be able to have a strong base from which we could plant churches and we can send out missionaries and we can minister effectively to our own here and the community around us. God put us here. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Now we're on the cusp of some commitments, and we're going to talk more about that specifically. We're on the cusp of a a sacrifice offering on Celebration Sunday. And I'm excited about it. Frankly, I can't wait. I can't wait for both of these Sundays. I'm so excited. I've been praying for this. I've been looking forward to this. My family and I, we are excited. But I recognize some of you may not be there yet. You may not be as excited as me, and that's okay. No condemnation here. There may be other emotions, fear, doubt, just being overwhelmed. And I want you to know, if we trust the Lord, God's going to lead us. God's going to take care of us, and He will make the way forward. We just need to know that we're surrendered to Him and know that we are trusting Him. As He directs, we follow. Where He directs, He provides. Jesus often spoke of the faith of his disciples. He was always given, giving them uh, stories of faith, parables having to do with faith. So much of it had to do with faith. And many times he was having to rebuke them for their lack of it. O oh, ye of little faith. We're going to look at all of these, these four instances in the book of Matthew together. And I believe that oftentimes we're very much like the disciples but in the wrong ways. We struggle with our faith. We struggle with trusting God. Well, number one, we're back in Matthew 6, verse 30, where it says, Wherefore, if God clo- so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And I'm, I didn't put anything else on the screen except for that one verse, but I do want to highlight a few more verses from Matthew 6. So if you have it in front of you, you can turn there. We are very much like the disciples in that we tend to doubt God's ability to provide. We tend to doubt God's ability to provide. If you're looking at Matthew 6 in your Bible, in verse 25 it says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now what does it mean to take no thought? Some people have taken this Uh, the wrong way, all right, and said, oh, we don't need to take any thought for our lives, no plans, no calendar, no scheduling, just woohoo!" that's not what it means, sorry. Uh, We have our English Bible that is translated from Greek, and if you look at the Greek underlying this English translation, it has the idea of take no anxious thought, uh, take no worrisome thought, in other words, don't, worry about what you're going to do don't be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you shall drink or for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat the body more than raiment so he's saying don't be anxious about these things god can provide he has always provided he will continue to provide why are you doubting god's ability to provide now he may, not have, he may not have provided everything you've prayed for yet. He may not have provided uh, all of your hopes and dreams, but the fact that you're here today is evidence of the fact that God has provided. And he's given what he has deemed you have needed to this point. Now, we may, that may upset us. We may be very upset by that. This is not where I want to be But this is where we are, and we can look at His faithfulness and say, God knows what He's doing. He's working in my life. He's keeping me. He's holding me. He's guiding me. There are things that He is opening to me. There are victories. He has continued to provide, and I need to continue to believe that He will provide. Don't be anxious. Take no thought. Take no thought is a phrase meaning, don't worry. Take no thought. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? I've mentioned this before. You're going to think I'm silly, but I guess I am silly. Sometimes when I have a lot of anxious thoughts and things just get cluttered and worrisome and life gets a little overwhelming, I take a walk out to my chicken coop. And I'll let the chickens out to free-range a little bit, and I'll sit there and watch the chickens. You know why? The chickens are just so chill. They just go out and they peck and you know, they might peck each other once in a while, but they're pretty chill. They just go out, they eat, they drink, and they have no idea how many bills I have to pay they have no idea what's going on in politics. They have no idea who's sick or this or that. They just, they, they, life just goes on, and God takes care of them. And, and I just remember sometimes how, life simple, how simple life is and how complicated I've made it. And sometimes I just like to sit out there by my campfire. The campfire is next to the chicken coop. Just sit and chill out and remember that I have put a lot of stuff in my life that has complicated it, that maybe doesn't need to be there. I need to slow down and look to the Lord again and rest in Him. The sun came up just like it did yesterday. And the sun's going down just like it did yesterday. And it's going to keep doing that until Jesus comes. And I don't have to worry if God cares about chickens, if God cares about fowls of the air, it's in there, folks. Right there, fowls. I think he cares about me. They sow not, neither do they reap or gather into barns. Yet our heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? You can't worry yourself taller. (laughs) Some of us have tried, right? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they uh, uh, spin. And he says, Even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. God knows how to make such incredible beauty and such incredible peace. We clutter things up and overcomplicate things. Verse 30, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye, of little faith? And he goes on to recap the same thought. So why are you being anxious? Why are you taking all of this anxious thought? God is faithful. He is working in you. And he's not done yet. He that hath performed, uh, begun a good work in you shall perform it unto the day of our lord jesus hey we have got to keep looking keep trusting don't doubt god's ability to provide he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and if he hasn't given me the two or three or four that i asked for he has a reason for that there's something else that he's doing there's something else that he's building in me and i have to go back to last week's sermon and surrender surrender and trust and surrender and trust When it comes to something like a building program for a church of our size, boy, oh boy, this gets to be a real test of faith. When you look at the conditions of the economy and you look at inflation and uh, the guys in charge can't even figure out what we're doing with our budget, are we going to pay our bills or are we not? and who knows what all's going to happen. Uh, this year there's been some bank runs and some bank bailouts. Great time to build a church, right? Great time to have a building campaign and so forth. No, actually, folks, I believe it is a great time. The church of the living God should be moving forward when everything is against that taking place. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness, was asked the Israelites. And the answer to that is, yes, God can. God has all the ability, all the power to provide in any season, whether it is a a good season to build and expand or a poor one. And I'll tell you this, if all the stars have to align, we have to have the guy I voted for, per, for president and the, 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 the right house and the right senate and the right state uh, representatives and, and the, the right economy and everything has to be just perfect. If that's how it has to be before churches can move forward, then how does God get the credit for that? Now, what we're asking God to do is something that is humanly impossible and yes, I know that. And it's totally the point. We're moving forward for the opportunity for Jesus Christ to move in a way that only He can get the glory for. When sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And why not trust Him for that in these days? But many of us as you so do i look at our daily lives and we are concerned are we going to have enough for clothes are we going to have enough for food are we going to have enough for shelter can i keep paying the rent can i keep paying the mortgage what about my car payment what about this what about that well school uh you know i got to have a college fund don't worry about that bernie's going to give it to us all for free okay uh, no just kidding no not financial advice not funny uh, but we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have, so we've, we've, we're trying to see what's going to happen going forward, and, and we're, we're taking anxious thought, many of us. And God says, don't, don't take anxious thought for your life. I know what you need. Now here's one reason why moving forward on a building program like what we're doing could be very difficult for some of us. That is because a project of this nature... Was not in our plans we're trying to be good stewards we're trying to be good parents good grandparents good citizens we want to pay our bills pay our taxes and, and so forth and and now the church has decided to take this step Whew! that wasn't in the budget that was not in the plan and again I will say to you that's the point if everything was perfectly fit within our budgets if everything perfectly made sense before we even started we would be able to say that we did this because we had so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and and -and and oh then there is that that big giver so-and-so we got him and we got him and her and so forth and so on and everybody came in and and uh figured it all out and boom it just happened no Uh, we're going into this, and at this point, at this stage in the game, we have no idea how God's going to do this. I have no idea where this money is coming from. I have no idea, except I do know it's coming from God. And that excites me. It doesn't have to be overwhelming if it is He who is providing and He's never overwhelmed. My family and I have seen God provide in our journey. As this really, The journey began way back in 2017, you know, 2016, uh, but the, re- the journey really heated up in 2020 and then it immediately hit the brakes as COVID came and slowed us all down. But now in January of 2023 is where we went back from back burner to front burner and have been moving forward as a church once again with some real intentionality and timeline and so forth. And from January until now, my family and I have seen God provide in amazing ways. And as I mentioned at the very beginning, I don't believe God wants you to be reckless or presumptuous or abandon your responsibilities to your family and sacrifice it all for this project. That's not how I believe God would lead. I believe that he will lead and provide as we trust him. And so we began praying as a family and asked God for some alternative income. God provided that. Everything that I've made in the alternative income will all go uh, on that uh, Celebration Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. And I'll tell you, when you tell God, I'll give you everything that comes in in this stream. And sometimes God just brings a lot in in that stream. And it's exciting to see God do that. Now, that's how God led for me. How will He lead for you? I don't know. But that's your journey of faith. And that's, how he, that, that's an opportunity for you to seek God and say, Lord, how would you have me to be a part of this miracle? We tend to doubt God's ability to provide. And I'll tell you, the Bible is full of stories that show He delights to provide in good times and in bad. Even when the children of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness. Their shoes did not wear out. Their clothes did not wear out. And they ate manna from heaven. Even when they were being judged for their sin, God continued to provide. I don't know who's here today and and where you're at in your pilgrimage of faith, but even if you're wandering in the wilderness, God is still faithful to you and he is still faithful to provide. Push through. What comes after the wilderness crossing the jordan river and the promised land we're very much like disciples in that we tend to doubt god's ability to provide but we also tend to deny god's willingness to protect fear is something that we know all too well in matthew chapter 6 the disciples find themselves in a ship, they have been ministering with Jesus and they are no doubt tired. Jesus even decides to take a nap. And so he goes and takes a nap and there's a great tempest in the sea, the Bible says, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And Jesus said unto them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. As Matthew 8:26. There was a great calm. But not before he had not just rebuked the sea, he rebuked them. We tend, to de- we tend to deny God's willingness to protect. It's like we know that he can, and we know that he has, and we've seen him uh, defend his own, and-, and yet, will he do it now? I don't think he'll do it in this situation. I know that with a project like what we are heading into as a church, there can be a lot of fear. I've had to deal with fear myself. And thank the Lord, I, I feel like I'm past that. Uh, not that I can't fear again. Fear could come straight back tomorrow. But God has brought me through a lot of fear with this project to where I'm excited and anticipating what He is going to do and how He is going to lead and direct and guide. But part of my fear has been uh, well, what if we hurt the church in the process of going forward? What if we mess up our whole financial structure? I am very aware that before I ever got here as pastor, this church has done things well with the books. Uh, very orderly, and uh, Brother Pete has done a tremendous job. He puts hours and hours of work in to make those reports. So so uh, user-friendly and so detailed, and uh, you can go through all of the records. Everything adds up, and we have a great track record in our church of meeting our uh, obligations, and, and the giving has been good, and everything has been very good financially. And a lot of churches can't say that. And one of my fears was will we mess this all up by going forward after a, 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 a project of this size? Well, again, that goes back to the first one can God provide? Yes, He can. But can God protect? Will he protect us? I believe he can. I believe he'll even protect us from us. If we're all wet, if we've messed this whole thing up somehow, if we've totally missed the boat uh, and we're about to do something terribly stupid, I believe God can protect me from me. And I believe he can protect me from the devil who is directly trying to oppose his work. And I believe he delights to protect. The truth of the matter is the waves are scary. But here's what I want you to understand about this passage. The entire time they were in the great tempest, the entire time the wind was howling and they said they thought they they were perishing, that entire time they were protected. They were safe jesus knew it he was convinced of it he was so convinced of his safety he could sleep in the ship in the storm Now there's some people who can sleep anywhere i am not one of those people some of you are sleeping right now lord bless you <laughs> but i'll tell you i cannot sleep if i'm anxious not even a little bit. I, can't, I cannot sleep if I'm anxious at all. I am wired awake. And and yet Jesus is able to sleep. How is he able to sleep? Well, you know what? The wind makes a nice background noise, nice white noise. And then the rocking of the ship and the waves, that's just like being back with mom, right? You know? And, and he he knew that he was. He was one with the Father. The Father was one with him. God had him under control. Everything's going to be good. He is in the middle of God's will. He just finished serving and preaching his heart out. Now he needs to catch a little nap before he goes and meets a demon-possessed man. That's what's coming. You thought the storm was bad. Now when you get to land, oh, land, demon-possessed guy comes and charges him. Uh, So you know what? I'll tell you this, it behooves us to rest when we can because you don't know what's coming. And Jesus knew I have to have my rest and he got his rest. The disciples, they did not get any rest. And they were hit with the next, the next uh, uh, scenario right away. Oh folks, Jesus rested because he did not deny or doubt God's willingness to protect. He is willing and he is able. And he says, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was great calm. We have to ask ourselves, what are we afraid of in this endeavor? I've had to ask myself this. I said I was afraid of wrecking the, the church's finances, right? I was also maybe afraid of the fear of failure? What if it doesn't work? What if we fail? And for some of us, failure is just like, you know, shudder. It's the worst thing ever. Why is failure such a big deal? Because we are such a big deal. If we weren't such a big deal, if it wasn't so much about us, if we weren't so full of pride, failure wouldn't be all that bad. Okay, so if it's all about Jesus and if he's the big deal, and he's the one we're looking to, failure just kind of fades away. I'm not so worried about that anymore. There's finances, there's failure, and there's the fear of man. What will people say? You know, for me as a pastor, a lot of my preacher friends are praying for us for this endeavor. We have a pastor's prayer portal Zoom call every Thursday at 7 and we take turns giving devotions and we pray together and all of them know about what we're doing i've asked for prayer and they pray faithfully for me and for us what if it doesn't work what do i say to my pastor buddies what if i got it wrong <laughs> who cares who cares i'm not in it for them they didn't call me to preach i don't please them i don't report to them They're just wingmen. They have their church and their problems, and uh, most of them have their own issues. They don't have enough time to think two thoughts about me and whatever we're doing over here except pray. Bottom line is, uh, who are we trying to impress? I'm not trying to impress anybody. There's nobody out there or nobody in here I'm trying to impress. We're doing what we're doing because we believe that God is leading us somewhere, that he is growing and expanding our ministry, and we want to simply follow Him, I don't need to fear anything but unbelief. I need to fear not following God. We tend to deny God's willingness to protect because fear has won the day. And where fear wins, faith fails. We're very much like the disciples in all the wrong ways. We tend to doubt God's ability to provide. We tend to deny God's willingness to protect. I didn't mention verse 27, but the way this story concludes is this. The men marveled and said, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and sea obey him? Well, it's it's not a man at all you're talking to. He was the son of man, but he was God with us. This is deity that you're observing. And isn't it something that we marvel about the very things that God said he would do? Why do we marvel? We marvel because we've let fear win. We tend to doubt God's ability to provide. We tend to deny God's willingness to protect. We tend to dismiss God's promise to give power. We tend to dismiss God's promise to give power. In chapter 14, we turn over a couple of pages and you have one of the most fun passages of Scripture. Jesus walks on the sea. I know I talk a lot about this, but hey, this is a pretty cool story. There's a lot we can relate to here. So, Jesus constrains his disciples to go into the ship, and they do, and they're going to go to the other side. But he goes apart into a mountain to pray. I think that's interesting, by the way. Jesus prioritized some time alone with God. It just shows how important it is. And he is there alone, they're out. All evening in the ship, they have already come through this once before where Jesus said, peace be still, and the sea, the sea was calm. But now he's not with them, so I can see in their minds they're scared. Jesus isn't asleep in the boat this time. He's gone in the mountain praying, oh no, we're going to die. They have another storm. The disciples are, are totally uh, scared for their lives, and Jesus comes walking on the sea. And he, of course, says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, in verse 28, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. What a crazy guy. Sometimes, folks, faith looks a little crazy. Now, I don't believe God calls us to be crazy. He doesn't call us to be presumptuous. We're not trying to be outrageous for outra- just for outrageous sake, okay, or novelty sake. But Jesus was standing there, walking on the water, and Peter says, I want to do that. And if you really are Jesus, bid me come to you. looks a little crazy to follow Jesus, But if Jesus takes us out on the water, we can follow him. We can trust him. He'll empower us. He'll give us the power to do it. So he says, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, speaking of Jesus, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. you know the story. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. And of course he says of a truth, you, were the son, you are the Son of God. We give Peter a hard rap, but he is the only guy who got out of the ship and walked on water. Oh, but he denied the Lord three times and he kept going back to fishing. He didn't, he didn't have the, 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 the boldness uh, at, at the beginning and, and when he did have boldness, he cut off an ear. Yeah, but he was the only one who got out of the, out of the boat and walked on water. He sensed <clears throat> God's enabling strength. God empowered him to walk on water. But as he was walking, the wind and the waves, of course, overwhelmed him and his eyes came off of Jesus and he looked around. He couldn't find Jesus anymore and he loses his way and down he sinks and Jesus rescues him with one hand, pulls him up and asks him a very simple question. Wherefore didst thou doubt? O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? You were walking on water. You just had to keep walking, keep looking to me. God was giving him the power to do that which was humanly impossible. And I believe if we continue to look to Jesus Christ on this journey of faith, God will give us the enabling, all the power that we need to do what he's calling us to do. You know, I think we do have to have a little bit of a reality check here, folks. As far as what we say we believe and as far as what we do believe, we say we believe he, he can do miracles and he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and uh, he can provide and he can furnish a table in the wilderness and God can do anything. But when it comes down to what we believe, we're about to find that out. We all know what we think but we're about to find out what we believe will we look to him and trust him to give us the power i had some more notes and i realized i i brought the wrong notes with me so isaiah 40 do i have that on the on the screen carl there it is isaiah 40 I make two sets of notes on Sundays, one to put online and one for myself, and I have the wrong one. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He gives power to those who have none. He gives power to those who are faint. I'll tell you this, we need enabling from God to do what we're going to do. We need His power. That's exactly who He is. It's still in Isaiah 40, backing up to verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. This is who we are trusting. We tend to doubt God's ability to provide. We tend to deny God's willingness to protect. We tend to dismiss God's God's promise to give power. And finally, we tend to diminish what God has done in the past Matthew sixteen eight. We tend to diminish what God has done in the past. In Matthew 16, 8, he says, it says, which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread. Now, we're jumping into this passage. What's, what's, what's happening here? They came to the other side and forgot to take bread. Whoops. What are we going to eat? Who was in charge of packing the lunches? Peter, or I don't know, somebody, somebody dropped the ball, okay? And here they are, and they're, they're, they're concerned about this. And Jesus said, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And so Jesus is trying to teach them about the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees that was like leaven. Once a little bit gets in, it leavens the whole lump, as the Bible says. He says, be very careful what you listen to. I don't want your doctrine to be spoiled. But that goes right over their head. They have no idea what he's saying. And so they say, uh, um, where did it go? Uh, Verse 7, And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Okay, so Jesus says, Be careful about the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Everyone's like, okay. What What did he mean? What was that about? And one of the smart ones, you know, says uh, it's because we forgot no bread peter or whoever it was that dropped the ball i wonder how much of that we do actually how many times god's teaching us one thing and we connect the wrong the wrong two things together because we just can't see and jesus says o ye of little faith why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread he says, do you not understand, neither remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the 4,000 how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, but that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees of the Sadducees? Then they understood it was the, the, basically the doctrine he was talking about. And he says, look, 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 look. You are worried about forgetting to bring the lunch. We've just come through two feedings of thousands. How is it that you're getting tripped up with this? Oh, ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Folks, we tend to diminish what God has done in the past and somehow the the victories of the past pale in significance to the the, the mountains of the present. Sometimes when somebody reminds us of, of what God did in the past, it's almost irritating. Oh, the car broke. The car broke. I mean, it, it, it's gone. Transmission, engine, the whole thing's done. What are we going to do? And your kid says, well, Dad, remember how God gave us that car? Total miracle, this and this and this happened. Oh, be quiet, kid. Don't bother me with that. The car broke. i got to replace this thing. You know, why is it that we, we tend toward that? You know, we can look at our church and we can say, how in the world are we going to do a building project with all that's going on and how much it's going to cost? And Somebody says, hey, we started out in the living room of John Burt. And then we went to the YMCA, and then went to the little uh, church on Pauline, which is now a daycare. And then we started with just this building right here, but there was no steeple, there was no carport, there's no uh, overhang, drop off, there was no balcony. And uh, so little by little, first the balcony. I don't know. If, I don't know the order, but the balcony, and then the overhang, and then uh, 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 what else did I say? The steeple. And then, hey, we need tiny school space and a fellowship hall. So there goes the the office wing and the fellowship hall wing. Little by little, we've come this far. And we could say, look at what God's done in the past. Don't bother us with that. We're facing $3 million possibly or more for this expansion. Why is it that that which God has done in the past, we dismiss as we approach the future we tend to diminish what God has done in the past Jesus rebuked them and said O ye of little faith why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread Jesus was saying bread is the least of our worries I'm trying to protect you from doctrinal error I'll take care of lunch will you guys stop thinking about lunch You guys too, probably. It is time for lunch, isn't it? Ah, But he says, focus on what we're doing here. I can provide. I've always provided. And folks, I'm here to tell you, I believe the same thing. God is a God who can be trusted yesterday, today, forever. We sing the song, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Simply trusting every day, These are the songs that we sing, and yet simply trusting every day is one of the hardest things that we do. We need to remember that the God who called us is the God who promised to equip us, enable us, and lead us forward. When the Red Sea parted and they went across on dry land, they followed the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, the Shekinah presence of God. When the Jordan River parted and they went across on dry ground, they had the, 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 the priests go out and when their feet touched the water, it separated and they were holding the, the Ark of the Covenant symbolizing, I'm going first. I'm leading you. You can follow. We simply need to lock in on Jesus looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Surrender to him and trust him. He has never failed. Lord, help us, I pray, to have the faith that we need to move forward as you desire. I pray, Lord, that you would convict us of any unbelief I pray that we would surrender and that we would learn to just trust, to rest in you, knowing that you're a good God and you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, for this journey of faith. Thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. And I pray that right now you'd work to lead us closer to your image. May we be men and women of faith, I pray. Take a moment of reflection before the Lord as the piano plays softly. Would you talk to the Lord about the matter of faith? Maybe there's something in your life that you just need to trust God in regards to personally. Would you do that? Would you yield to him now? Maybe in regards to our church corporately, you need to bow before the Lord and just say, Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I want to be a part and I want to follow you. Lead me, help me to trust you. Would you submit to him in this time?